Welcome to the Choose You Netcast. This is Jim Langlois with the word from Joshua 24, 15. Choose you this day whom you will serve, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. It's my prayer that this netcast will encourage and cheer you on as we join forces to draw the line in the sand, defending our faith and our households in the resurrection power of Jesus. Join me each weekday as we dig deeply into God's amazing word and bring up the rich treasures of his blessings. Are you ready? Choose you this day. Whom you will serve. But that's for me and my house, me and my house, me and my house. I said, choose you this day, whom you will serve. But that's for me and my house, me and my house, me and my house. Good morning, NetWorld, and thank you for tuning in. We're continuing in our series on the blessing of the Lord, dot, dot, dot. And again, there's some more words to that. It's the blessing of the Lord makes one rich, and he adds no sorrow to it. Proverbs 10, 22. We've already talked about the blessing of the Lord makes one rich, and the blessing is an enablement to produce. We have also talked about the whys of God's blessing and where it will come from, the treasures in heaven, his riches in glory, and All the promises of God are by faith. We spent some time talking about our character and attitude in God's blessing, such as humility and the fear of the Lord. And we've talked about the supernatural in God's blessing, understanding supernatural streams for both provision and to become debt-free. Today, we're going to talk about the power of a seed and how to receive the harvest. But let's reestablish God's will again. Proverbs 10.22 The blessing of the Lord makes one rich, and he adds no sorrow with it. The word blessing is barak. It means the state of prosperity or happiness that comes when a superior bestows his favor or blessing on one. And in most passages, the one bestowing favor is God himself. And then the word rich is the Hebrew word asar, meaning become rich or be wealthy, make rich, bring wealth, and get abundance. And Deuteronomy 8.18 in the message says, well, think again. Remember that God, your God, gave you the strength to produce all this wealth so as to confirm the covenant that he promised to your ancestors as it is today. It's an ancestral blessing. It's passed down from our fatherhood. It's passed from Father Abraham. And Third John 2, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as thy soul prospereth. The New King James says, I pray that you may prosper in all things. And the Amplified says, in every way. This word prosper means to experience and enjoy favorable circumstances, to get along well, to succeed, to always eat well, to live under the shade, (laughs) to live always with laughter and song, have a prosperous journey, to cause to prosper and to be successful. 2 Corinthians 9, 8 in the Amplified says, And God is able to make all grace. Every favor and earthly blessing come to you in abundance so that you may always and under all circumstances and whatever the need be self-sufficient, possessing enough to require no aid or support and furnished in abundance for every good work and charitable donation. Psalm thirty-five twenty-seven: let them shout for joy and be glad who favor my righteous cause and let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified who has pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. I've been reading two books by George Pearson called 50 Days of Prosperity, Volume 1 and Volume 2. A lot of information in there. It's all of his notes from the TV programs. 
he recorded with Gloria Copeland. In volume 2, page 6, he says, It has always been the heart of our loving Father to take care of his children. Fear not, little flock, Luke 12.32 declares, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. He takes joy in supplying every need, removing every burden, and watching us become a major blessing to others. And he tells us about his congregation. He says, As I have told my congregation many times here at Eagle Mountain International Church, our motivation for accumulation is distribution. Wow, what a great motto. He says that is the heart of prosperity. All of us here, and he's speaking to his congregation, want you to prosper and be in good health even as your soul prospers, as 3 John 2 says. But it will take the renewing of your mind to God's way of prosperous thinking to step up to a new realm of believing and receiving. I have no doubt that you can and will move up to the next level of prosperity. Psalms 115 verses 14 through 15 says, May the Lord give you increase more and more, you and your children. May you be blessed by the Lord who made heaven and earth. And now I want to cover what's in a seed or the power of a seed. What is a seed? What's in a seed? In a medical dictionary at thefreedomdictionary.com, the word seed is described as the reproductive body of a flowering plant, the mature ovule. But I like what the Merriam-Webster dictionary says at merriam-webster.com. Defining the word seed, it says, It's a small object produced by a plant from which a new plant can grow. Let me give that to you again. A seed is a small object produced by a plant from which a new plant can grow. Now that's a definition I can understand. Well, this would take us to the parable of the soils, the parable that Jesus spoke in Luke 8, verses 4 through 17. It says, And when a great multitude had gathered, and they came to him from every city, he spoke by a parable. A sower went out to sow his seed. Remember, this word seed is seed for sowing. It's a small object produced by a plant from which a new plant can grow. And reading on, And as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and it was trampled down, and the birds of the air devoured it. Some fell on the rock, and as soon as it sprang up, it withered away because it lacked moisture. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up with it and choked it. But others fell on good ground, sprang up, and yielded a crop a hundredfold. When he had said these things, he cried, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Then his disciples asked him, saying, What does this parable mean? And he said to you, It has been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God, but to the rest it is given in parables, that seeing they may not see, and hearing they may not understand. Now the parable is this, he explains, The seed is the word of God. Those by the wayside are the ones who hear. Then the devil comes and takes away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. So we find here that the ones by the wayside heard it. Verse 13. But the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear, receive the word with joy. And these have no root who believe for a while, and in time of temptation fall away. So we see there the ones on the rock also heard it. Verse 14, now the ones that fell among thorns are those who, when they have heard, go out and are choked with cares, riches, and pleasures of life, and bring no fruit to maturity. Note again, the ones among the thorns also heard it. Verse 15, but the ones that fell on the good ground are those who, having heard, ah, so they heard it too, 
having heard the word with a noble and good heart, keep it and bear fruit with patience. No one, when he has lit a lamp, covers it with a vessel or puts it under a bed, but sets it on a lampstand that those who enter may see the light. And verse 17, for nothing is secret that will not be revealed, nor anything hidden that will not be known and come to light. So here's the note on that. The ones with the good ground, they heard it and made it known. In other words, they heard it, made it known, and declared it. Remember, a seed is a small object produced by a plant from which a new plant can grow. So the first three heard the seed but did not declare or make known the seed. It was not able to grow into a new plant. You see, the seed needs to go full circle, and words or beliefs against the seed stop its fertilization. 2 Corinthians 9, 10-11 in the Amplified says this, And God, who provides seed for the sower and bread for eating, will also provide and multiply your resources for sowing and increase the fruits of your righteousness, which manifests itself in active goodness, kindness, and charity. Thus you will be enriched in all things and in every way so that you can be generous and your generosity as it is administered by us will bring forth thanksgiving to God. Well, how do we receive or reap the harvest of the seeds we've planted? The parable of the growing seed we find in Mark four twenty six through 29. And he said the kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground and should sleep by night and rise by day and the seed should sprout and grow. He himself does not know how. For the earth yields crops by itself, first the blade, then the head, after that the full grain in the head. But when the grain ripens, immediately he, now, who's this? This is the farmer. He puts in the sickle, because the harvest has come. So notice the one who scatters the seed, and the one who reaps the harvest, is the farmer himself. But the in-between where he sleeps by night and rises by day, and the seed starts to sprout and grow, and he does not know how, the one responsible for that is God. Let's read the same passage in the New Living Testament. Mark four twenty six through 29. Jesus also said, The kingdom of God is like a farmer who scatters seed on the ground. Night and day while he's asleep or awake, the seed sprouts and grows, but he does not understand how that happens. The earth produces the crops on its own. First a leaf blade pushes through, then the heads of wheat are formed, and finally the grain ripens. And as soon as the grain is ready, the farmer comes and harvests it with the sickle, for the harvest time has come. So the man did the sowing, God gave the increase, and man did the reaping. We could say the farmer did the sowing, God gave the increase, and the farmer did the reaping. Ecclesiastes 11.4 in the New Living Testament says, farmers who wait for perfect weather never plant. If they watch every cloud, they never harvest. Wow. And Galatians 6, 7 says, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. So who does the sowing? We do. Who does the reaping? We do. We need to learn how to sow, and we need to learn how to reap. Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 2 in the New Living Testament says, for everything there is a season a time for every activity under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die. I like this last part, a time to plant and a time to harvest. Keith Moore had a word in August of 1999. He said, God's heart is grieved. It is bothering God that we're not reaping. 
People are deceived in their thinking if they're just waiting on God to bring it to them. Some are disillusioned and aggravated with God. How much more can I give? You think you're waiting on God? You think reaping is automatic? You think once you put the money in, it's all up to him? You just sit back and relax and think it's all going to just come on you? That is ignorance and confusion. I challenge you to hear the word of the Lord and make up your mind. I'm not just a good giver. I'm a good reaper. I'm going to get real good at reaping. And Genesis 8.22 says, While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, and day and night shall not cease. You see, it's seed time and harvest. Proverbs 10, 4 through 5 says, He who has a slack hand becomes poor, but the hand of the diligent makes rich. He who gathers in summer is a wise son. He who sleeps in harvest is a son who causes shame. We can't sleep through our harvest and allow our harvest to stand in the field. We need to learn how to reap also. We need to learn how to sow, and we need to learn how to reap. We're already out of time, but tomorrow we'll continue directly on not only how to sow, but how to reap. So I call you blessed, and we'll see you tomorrow. You have been listening to the Choose You Netcast with Jim Langlois. If you have enjoyed this program, you can find out more about Jim Langlois Ministries on the Master's House website at tmhnow.org. That's tmhnow.org. On the media tab, you can listen to many more messages, subscribe to my daily devotional emails, and follow the link to my blog site. If you'd like to write me or become a financial partner with this ministry, my address is the Master's House, Post Office Box 1568, Mechanicsville, Virginia, 23116. That's the Master's House, Post Office Box 1568, Mechanicsville, Virginia, 23116. Online donations can also be made at tmhnow.org, and my email address is pastorjim at tmhnow.org. This is Jim Langlois saying be blessed, you and your whole household. Until next time. Choose you this day, but that's for me and my house, me and my house, me and my house.